This evening, turn your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And as you're turning your word over there to that uh, scripture, that uh, chapter 1 Corinthians 13, um, as days progress and as, as, as we move on in, in our society, it just seems that things are becoming just more unruly and more chaotic. And I know you can agree with me. You know, it's just, you have to be living on Mars not to see what's going on. I was shopping, doing some shopping yesterday for Safe Zone. Yeah, that's right. I do shop every once in a while. And uh, I, was, I was at um, um, Smart and Final. And, you know, I'm getting some things there. And there's this, this kid in there, about 20, 20-something, and he's got his backpack there, and he's walking through the aisles, and he's stuffing stuff in his backpack. So I'm, yeah, I'm there, right, where he's doing it, and he puts it in there, and then he zips it up, and then he grabs a handful of some other stuff. And so I kind of followed him to see what he was going to do, and just lottie does out the front door and just walks out. And I said, hey, 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 that guy's walking out with stuff. And, and the workers turned around and went, and I'm going, are you kidding me? And, and they said, no, that's just the way things are nowadays. And I thought about it, and I said, you know, it just seems like life in society is missing something. They're, they're just missing an element that, that used to be a part of, of humanity and, and uh, just, just who people are supposed to be. And, you know, I think one of the issues that you can't blame it on everything, but, you know, COVID had a lot to do with where we are today. You know, I, wherever it came from, however it was, it's debatable. You know, I, I see the, 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 the product of, of this uh, demonic sickness that caused people to become isolated and self-absorbed and not caring about what anybody else does, wants, or thinks. And in the process, we've lost touch with how to interact with each other, how to show basic human kindness, respect to one another. Couldn't smile at anybody because it wouldn't make any difference anyway. Nobody could see it because of masks. You couldn't, uh, didn't want to say thank you. People were just in a hurry to get in and out of wherever they were. If somebody needed help. You didn't help them because you didn't want to get infected. You know, it was a crazy time. And in the world, I think it just kind of crept in, this cynicism, this, this criticism and sarcasm and, and, and just uh, aloofness and isolation. In the whole mix of that crazy time, seems like people have forgotten one of the basic elements that the Word of God speaks about, that one of them is the fruit of the Spirit, which I'm not speaking on the fruit of the Spirit, but it's one of the fruit of the Spirit, a fruits of the Spirit, and, and it just seems like uh, people have forgotten this element, and that's what it means to be kind to one another. Be kind to one another. And that's why I entitled this sermon, and I understand it, that being kind seems like an elementary, you know, not meaty uh, aspect of, of God's word. And, and, you know, theologically, it's, it's, it's like, you know, maybe not on the top 10 of, of our, our, our salvation and, and 
uh, you know, how we're saved and doctrinal issues. But it's something that I really feel is absent from society. And, and the sad thing is sometimes it's even missing in the house of the Lord. Human nature, it's easy to be unkind. How many can say amen? Come on, we're in church. Can we be honest? It's easy to be mean, right? It's easy to be unkind. But it's not really that hard to be kind either. It just takes an attitude that we have to, to work at and, and have to develop through the Word of God and by the Spirit of God because when we're, a society is completely focused on themselves, we either just don't take time to be kind, could care less about being kind, or don't even make the effort. And it seems that we've replaced kindness with cruelty. That's all you read about nowadays, is be, people being cruel to one another in the cruelest ways, in the, most, in the most sinister ways, people being cruel. And it seems like now that's the order of the day. We've stopped being kind to one, to one another. How important is kindness? And I'll get to my, my, my text just in a few minutes, but... Is kindness really, does it matter? Does, does it really make any difference if I'm kind to someone or not? How does that affect me? There was a study that was, ta- that was made of 37 uh, different cultures around the world. 16,000 uh, subjects were asked about their most desired trait that they would want in a mate. For both sexes, male and female, two sexes in the world, The first choice was kindness. Can you imagine that? When these people were were surveyed and they were asked, what is the most important trait you would want to see in your mate? They, They responded, kindness. That's how important kindness is. In fact, there was a psychologist, John and Julie Gottman, gathered some data on successful marriages and what made successful marriages happen. And they found that kindness was essential to a lasting marriage relationship. Because how many know that we can be cruel in marriage? Right? We can lose that that aspect and sensitivity of being kind uh, not only in, 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 in our societal interaction at work, at school, wherever you might be here at church, but even in the home, it seems that kindness has, has kind of taken the back seats. And the sad thing is, is that in marriages, when kindness ceased to exist, uh, what's replaced with it is uh, cruelty or, or dis, disinterest or, you know, I'm not concerned anymore about being kind. When Paul describes the aspect of love, and he he starts to describe what love is and how love shows itself through human nature, or not human nature, but 
through humanity how God expects it to be shown. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4, he says, love is patient. And we know that. Then he says, love is kind. The very first two words that he uses to describe love is patient and kindness. That's how important uh, we need to, to deem and understand kindness is today in our lives as Christians. Because if it's not operating in us, if that fruit of the Spirit is not alive and, and functioning in you and I who call ourselves Christians, Christ-like, well then, hey, we're in a heap of trouble, folks. Our society we see today is hurting. And if, if people can't find kindness through you and I, then where in the world are they going to find it? Kindness involves compassion. It involves caring. It involves giving. Kindness is necessary in order for human society to continue to function, to exist. It's a form of decency, respectability that seems to not be around anymore. It seems to be absent. And this is what we need to understand as the people of God that it must be a part of our lives, that must be a part of how we interact uh, wherever we are throughout the day so that we can begin to influence because doesn't God's word say that we are the light of the world? Right? It says that what? We are the salt of the earth, that we are to influence, and if the salt has lost its flavor, then what good is it? but to be thrown down and stepped upon and discarded. One of the Greek words for the word kind is uh, Christosis. And that word means uh, to be useful. Useful. Say that word with me, useful. In other words, useful is a word of what? Action. And if uh, we're going to be kind, then we have to put some action behind that kindness. Not just say, well, I'm a kind person. Show me your kindness. Let your kindness be put to use. It means that being kind involves action, doing something about it. Look for opportunities to show somebody uh, kindness throughout the day. Kindness is activated by love. Love is patient. Love is kind. So it's activated when God's love is working, then the outworking of God's love is kindness that you can show towards people around you. It has to do with the way you behave, your behavior, your attitudes, not just the way you feel, but how you act towards them. It's action. How do I do that? Maybe you can pay for somebody's coffee. Maybe pay for you know, somebody's lunch, showing kindness. Uh, encouraging somebody requires action. And I think a lot of times we just, you know, well, you know, I haven't got time for that. I'm too busy for that. Or I can't afford that and so on. So just kindness just kind of goes out the door. Kindness can also include words. How many know we can use words to be kind? Words of encouragement, 
comforting words, people who are hurting, courteous, complimentary. Those, those, those are kind things that we can do. Courtesy, saying thank you, you're welcome, being kind, how are you? You know, if you, I don't know if you notice, but as you walk around during the day, where, whether it's the market, the mall, or wherever you're going, people just don't want to look at you in the eye anymore. They're just, their heads are down. No more, no more communication. And that's, I believe, a result of what we've been through the last couple of, two and a half years. That people have just lost all respect and, and, and willingness to show kindness to one another. Open the door for somebody. What does the Bible say about kindness? Well, the source of kindness, we understand, is, is God. How many know God is kind? He is kind. The kindness of God, it's part of his character, who he is. And for us, as the fruit of the Spirit, it causes you and I to be Christ-like. It should be part of our character. The Word of God speaks and says that kindness is at the very heart of who God is. Because when God revealed his name to Moses in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, listen how God describes who he is to Moses. He says, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That's how God described himself to Moses when Moses asked, who are you? Whom do I tell them sent me? God's kindness has to do with his compassion. Don't you thank God for God's compassion on your life? I thank God for his compassion every single day. Thank God for his grace and for his love. The Hebrew word translated love in this verse here in Exodus translates to kindness, mercy, and faithfulness. Again in Psalms 136. The psalmist used the same word that describes God's character. In verse 1, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. The word translated love is the same word that translates loving kindness in Exodus. We used to sing that song, that love, God, Your loving kindness is better than life. Loving kindness, and, and that's who God is. That is the very nature of who God is. In fact, in Psalms 136, the psalmist repeats that word over and over. 26 times in 26 verses, God speaks, the psalmist speaks about God's loving kindness endures forever. So God is a source of kindness and goodness and love and mercy and grace. And you know what that does? You know what God's kindness does? It leads to repentance. It brings a person to understand because God loves me and he wants to be good to me and kind to me in a world that is cruel and unloving and unkind 
It causes a person to want to change their lives. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, the question is asked concerning God's kindness and how it leads to repentance, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance? You see, too many times we show, people show contempt for God in his word and his love and his grace and he, that he wants to be kind to people. And they show contempt for that. And Paul is writing to the church at Rome. These are Romans who have been converted to Christ. You see, when people hear of God's judgment, a lot of times people run away. He's a judging God. He's a hateful God. He's a God that condemns and I don't want anything to do with it. Isn't that true? A lot of times when you get the concept of what people think about God, ah, oh, he's a judging God. He judges people on this and he's always condemning people for that. And they don't want anything to do with it. But when you start to talk to them about God's loving kindness, that's why it's good to share the word of God with people about who God is, his love, his mercy and grace, instead of a lot of times just sending people to hell. As soon as you see them, do you know that you're a sinner and, and if you're God, you're going to hell? You say, well, right away, man, turn that switch off. But when you come to people and you see them, you start talking to them, talk to them. You know, Jesus loves you. We're here to talk to you about the love of God. We're here to show you that God is a good God, a God of love and grace, a God who is kind and merciful. People are drawn to that. That's why it says that his kindness will lead people to repentance. And we need to be careful that we don't take God's kindness for granted. Because Paul brings a balance later on. And he talks about the sternness of God, the, 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 uh, uh, the, the judgment that God will bring uh, if we cast away as Christians uh, that, that repentance that God so gracefully shows to us. Too many times we take for granted and continue on in a lifestyle that we shouldn't be continuing on in taking for granted uh, God's mercy and compassion. In Romans eleven twenty two. Paul writes and says, Consider, therefore, the kindness and the sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. Wow. His kindness leads to repentance. And so Paul is saying, listen, God was gracious to you. God, God has compassion on you and forgave you of your sins. So now start living your life as you should live your life. Yes, by God's grace, but by the word of God and what God says about how we should live as Christians. And he says, don't forget and don't go back provided you continue in that kindness. Otherwise, what? 
you'll be cut off. Too many people take God's kindness and grace for granted. You see, because God was filled with kindness and compassion, so is his son Jesus Christ. Thank God for that. Because Jesus uh, showed that kindness uh, to you and I while we were dead in our sin and trespasses. In Matthew chapter 9, in verse 36, Jesus is uh, looking out. And he sees the crowds, and they're broken, and they're lost. And he says these words. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The compassion of God through his son Jesus Christ, the goodness of God through his son Jesus Christ uh, had compassion on those who were lost and broken uh, and needed help. And that's what you and I need to, to work through in our lives compassion for the lost, a heart for the lost that Jesus had, that he wanted to help them, he wanted to show them the love of God, the kindness of God in their lives. He healed the sick, he fed the hungry, he touched those who were lepers, he brought sight to the blind, he raised the dead, he ate with those uh, who were not clean yet, but he forgave them of their sin. Uh, that was the kindness of God in action through his son, Jesus Christ. Action. Remember, kindness uh, has to do with action. This next month in November, we are going to be feeding the homeless. We're going to be taking turkey dinners to those uh, in the park uh, who are out there and they're hungry and uh, we can witness to them, show them the love of God, the kindness and compassion of God and say, Jesus loves you, God loves you. We're here because we care about you also. That's kindness. Showing the kindness of God through action. We know the ultimate act of kindness was when Jesus gave his life for us on the cross. When we were cruel and lost in our sins and dead in our trespasses, while we were yet still sinners, Christ gave his life for us. Ephesians 1, verse 7, Paul writes and says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of of God's grace. Thank God for his grace. How many can say amen for that? Thank God for his mercy and his grace because they are, you can't have one without the other. Kindness and God's grace are, are like two peas in a pod. They are inseparable. They come together. God's kindness. How many know we don't deserve God's kindness? God's kindness is undeserved. In Titus chapter 3 and verse 4, in verse 5 it says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. 
God's mercy and kindness are undeserved. He's shown to you and I that he loves us and cares about us. In fact, it's the opposite of what we deserve. How many can say amen to that? God's kindness and grace and mercy is the exact opposite of, we deserve, of what we deserved as sinners. We didn't deserve God's kindness. We deserved instead God's judgment. But yet, God saved us, gave his son to, be, become, to become sin for our sin, that we might have life eternal in heaven. That is God's grace, mercy, and kindness, and goodness shown to you and I. Thank God for that. Don't ever take that for granted. Because God's kindness, we could never do anything to earn it. It is undeserved. We could never do anything to pay for it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that anyone can boast. You see, God's grace is something that we receive by faith rather than something that we have to earn and work for. Parents, when you have grace on your kids after they wrecked your car, after they burned down the house, or after some, some crazy thing that they did, guaranteed it's nothing that the kid could have done, nothing that they could have earned or deserved, but it was only by your love for them, your grace for them, you keep them in the house and you keep feeding them. Undeserved, God's love, God's mercy, and God's grace. It's kindness. And that kindness should do what? That mercy and grace should do what to you and I? It should motivate us. It should be a motivator to you and I to do the same thing, to show the same thing that God shows to us, to others. In Matthew 18, 33, Jesus sums up the parable of the unmerciful servant with these words. Shouldn't you have, have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you. You remember that parable? Remember that parable, the guy who had a servant who owed him like 10 bucks, and, and the master, you know, sent him out and wanted, took him out to the, throw him into hell and, and torture the guy and get him away? And then when the master came back to that servant and said, hey, where's the money you owed me? You owed me a million bucks. What's going on here? You see, and that's when Jesus spoke the parable and said, I've shown you so much mercy that you didn't deserve. How can you not show some mercy and kindness to someone who has even less offended you than you have done to me? 
In other words, because God has been merciful to us, guess what? We have an obligation to be merciful to other people. It's not a choice, it's an obligation. Not kind to others simply out of obligation, as I, you know, it's something that we need to do, that the Word of God says we need to do. But it has to do with attitude, because people pay tithes, they give offerings, and some of them just give it because they give it with a bad attitude. They give it because, ah, I got it. here it is, and then and they're not going to get blessed. And then there's others that give because they are grateful to, for what God has done for them. And God blesses them because they do it with the right heart, a cheerful attitude, as the Word of God says. And it's the same thing when it comes to kindness. We're not kind simply because, okay, God says I have to be kind, so I'm going to be kind. But when we're kind because we thank God for His grace, His mercy, His kindness in our lives, how can I not be kind to somebody else? In Luke chapter 6 and verse 35, But love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. That's kind of hard. Me lo vas a pagar. You better pay me back. Yeah, you owe me, man. I, I, where's my money? Then he says, your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Probably one of the most difficult scriptures that we have to uh, read and to follow. The most difficult things the Word asks us to do, if we're honest this morning, is to be kind to those who offend us. It's to be kind to those who have caused wrong to us, because we're human. But yet, the Word of God says that this is what needs to take place as Christians. Because God is kind, be merciful as God is merciful. As our ministry, music ministry, makes their way to the platform this morning. God's kindness, yes. We don't deserve it. God's kindness, we can never earn it. And God's kindness should be a motivator for you and I in this world that seems to have lost the principle of what kindness is all about and has replaced it with cruelty. It should be a motivator to you and I to get the ball rolling then in our journey of, in life, in our sphere of influence at work or at school or at home. Let it begin with you and I as Christians. And so God challenges you and I to grow in this simple, yet seemingly difficult trait of human nature called kindness. Kindness. How do we grow in kindness? Again, as I said, well, number one, consider God's kindness to you and I. Ephesians 2.7 says, the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ 
Jesus. There'll never be a love and grace, mercy and kindness uh, like God has shown to you and I. Never ever will there ever be anything to achieve, anything close to that in our lives. Because Jesus had to die on the cross for that kind of love, kindness, and mercy to be shown. And when we consider that, all that he's done for us, how can we not be kind? It should be a motivator to you and I. Ephesians 4.32, Paul writes and says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Secondly, grow in kindness by learning to give sacrificially to those who are in need. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, concerning the sacrifice that Christ made for us and that he speaks to the church at Corinth and talks about their giving that needed to be sacrificially. And he says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Gave up the riches of heaven to come down to earth to be crucified here for our iniquities. Next, speak a kind word to someone today. That's how you grow in kindness. When's the last time you said something kind to someone instead of telling them what you really think? Proverbs 12:25 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. You see, throughout the day, when we come to church, you go to work, you go to school, you have no idea what disappointments, discouragement people are struggling with. You can either lift their burden by a kind word, or you can weigh them down in the midst of their struggles and hardships and make it even harder for them to go through the day. And then lastly, you can grow in kindness simply by remembering God's promises to those who are kind. There are rewards for those who show kindness to others. Proverbs eleven seventeen. A kind man benefits himself, but a cruel man brings trouble on himself. Proverbs 19 and verse 17. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. And then in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. God's character is marked by kindness towards you and I and towards humanity. 
Shouldn't our character also be marked by kindness to those around us? You know why? Because without kindness, without God's kindness, we would not be in those seats here today. I would not be standing here today. Without God's kindness, we would still be in our sin and dead in our trespasses. God's kindness, as we bow our heads this morning,